All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Mind Mastery Education. I'm your host, Drew, and we have ADH Greg back again for another episode. Welcome, welcome. guys can't get rid of me now. <laughs> um, so today's episode is going to be what I like to call Mythbusters. We are going to talk about many different myths uh, that have been explained or, you know, talked about over the years, and we're going to try and discuss whether those myths are true or false. It's going to be a shorter episode today. It's going to be a lot quicker, but I just wanted to go over some of the different myths that maybe some people have falsely believed because people have said, you know, oh, yeah, that's true. But let's go over it with Greg here. Um, I have a list of 10. Um, we'll see if we can get through all three, all 10 of those. But if not, we'll, we'll, cut, a, we'll cut them down if we need to. Um, so the first myth is, <laughs> Greg's going to get mad at this one. <laughs> ADHD is just a lack of willpower. <laughs> He's <laughs> just come out swinging. We're going to try and keep it short, but let's see if we can get Greg to info dump angrily for as long as possible. Oh my god. Um that that is that is provably false. It is not a lack of willpower. We struggle with motivation. We have no problem with willpower. I want to do the task. I am freaking out about not doing the task, but I cannot find the spoons to do the task. Um, yeah, I've heard that one before. It, it, it sort of falls into that category of, oh, you just can't be bothered. You're just lazy. Like, dude, if, if I had motivation, I would be dangerous. Yeah. The things I would achieve would blow your tiny mind. But no, it is not a lack of willpower which in itself is a very intangible concept regardless. But yes, uh, to, to try and keep it short, no, it is not a <laughs> lack of willpower. Perfect. All right. Uh, myth number two, only children have ADHD. And we actually talked about this yeah, in episode so one. This, this was considered a fact for a long time. It was believed that ADHD could only occur in young boys, that it was a male-only condition, and that it would go away as they got older, as their um, frontal lobe uh, reached maturity. Your frontal lobe tends to f stop maturing at age 25. Um, we have since, thanks to the uh, tireless work of many researchers, including uh, a Dr. Russell Barkley, who I would recommend you look up on YouTube, um, we know that human beings have ADHD. Gender does not feature, age does not feature. If you are born with ADHD, you are born with ADHD and you will you will have it for the rest of your life because it's not a disease. Um, it is a it is a a birth mutation, as it were. Um, women were believed to not have ADHD for a long time because um, societal pressures force young girls and young women to mask better than than young men. Um, and as such, for a long time, many women believed that they couldn't possibly have ADHD and were misdiagnosed with things like 
bipolar disorder or borderline personality disorder or anxiety, when in fact, uh, man, woman, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter your, uh, your, your preferred sexuality, none of that uh, has a feature. You are a human being, you are born with ADHD, you have ADHD. That's it. Yeah, that's that's a, a fair point. And like in terms of ADHD being child and adult, you know, is it only child? Is it only adult? Like you said, like it's one of those things where you can tell when you talk to people and like this should have been debunked years yeah. and years and years ago, right? Like you talk to an adult, you can tell when they have ADHD because yeah. oh squirrel, distraction, right? You, yeah. you you can definitely tell those things. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, this this is one that I just added to kind of soften the first question because yeah. the first question was so hostile. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I think there is there is an element of whether it's intentional or unintentional, there was an element of sort of uh, sort of institutionalized sexism to the entire concept because they just wrote women off. They were just like, no, you you can't have ADHD. It must be something else. Instead of going, could we be wrong? Right. No, no, no. We couldn't possibly be wrong. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's how, how many of us now friggin' in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s going, holy shit, I have ADHD. Like so many years of just taking it as gospel truth. And you're like, that's not how science is supposed to work. You're supposed to question right. everything. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, this one should have been debunked decades ago. But uh, unfortunately, it was quite prevalent until recently. My biggest my biggest. um notion of this in my life is that I was diagnosed before my mother was diagnosed. Right. And she was diagnosed in her fifties. Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed when I was five or six. Right. Like my like, mother's undiagnosed and cl it's clear as day that my mother is, is the, is the parent I, her, uh, you know, developed ADHD from that's where the hereditary right. element came in. Um, but yeah, if she had tried to get diagnosed, 30 years ago when I was getting diagnosed, they would have just written her off. And yep. now she's in her fifties. They probably still, depending on where she goes, they probably still write her off. Right. Like my, my mom's doctor, even I don't think has officially diagnosed her because God forbid, you know, we yeah. actually di diagnose somebody, but it's one of those things where she realized a lot of the things that I was doing and a lot of my symptoms and went, Holy shit. I have some of those too. Like, it's it's one of those things where she realized and learned later that it was hereditary. And like she was like, Holy shit, like I'm pretty sure I'm the parent that gave it to you. Like she well, she realized I'm, that later. I'm only just now in this exact moment realizing my mom's been on antidepressants for thirty ish years. Um and it's only now just occurring to me that maybe she didn't need to be on them because they were treating her for the wrong thing. I mean, they're working. Yeah. I guess. So that must be helpful to a degree but i'm now sort of going shit i should probably talk to her about that it could be one of the things where it's working better for her as a woman because of her hormones and so on and so forth be, like, yeah maybe it's Some interacting differently yeah. with with her compared to when you were on them and you were like holy shit right yeah so it's one of those things where maybe it's just slightly working a little bit better for her than it was for you and maybe she didn't have to be on them in the first place or you know, things well, like I mean, that. they were. She was on them to, um, you know, not to go too deep into it. But um, mm. thirty years ago, there was a lot of trauma for my mom and I. Fair and enough. She's been sort of using them to, ever since. But but it's now just occurred to me that maybe while they are working, maybe there's something that would work better because she's <laughs> actually got ADHD. 
Right. Right. So yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. That's gonna be a fun conversation. This this one will be um this one's gonna make you tweak and twinge a little bit. Um <laughs> ADHD is overdiagnosed. Okay. Let's see if I can do this without too much swearing. <laughs> it it features into I might be answering two questions at once here. It features into the whole ADHD and autism has become a fad. Um uh no, uh no the the reality we are living in an overcorrection. So it was undiagnosed underdiagnosed doesn't even feature it was undiagnosed for so many years so many decades right we've got so many people as proof of that and yep. now it's becoming you know people who are getting diagnosed are talking about it louder and louder thanks to the internet and and social media and stuff so other people are starting to realize that they they have it and then they're asking for it to be diagnosed or pushing to be seen and it seems overdiagnosed, but it's because we were working from faulty logic for so long we thought the percentage of neurodivergence was like 2% of the population. And now it's starting to look more likely to be 40% of the population because it was so undiagnosed for so long that we are now overcorrecting a mistake mm -hmm. to then level out. So it seems overdiagnosed or it seems like it's a fad. It isn't. It's the awareness is starting to really exist. So yeah. now all of those undiagnosed people are coming out of the woodwork and we are understanding that our, our counting, our numbers, our math was off. Right. And back. even them thinking like, oh, it's just men. Well, we just blew that out of the water because, yeah, women have it too. Yeah. So now that number went from, oh, well, there's only this many males in the world to, holy shit, we have a huge number of people that may have right. it now. So like, that, yeah, that's a huge... I like the word overcorrection because you think that there was a lot less than there actually was. And now you're like, holy fuck, there, there's tons of people that could have it. A good way to sort of, sort of, um, what's the word, sort of show it is like the example of we only thought men got it. So now we know women get it too. That's double our number. Um, we thought you outgrew it. Now we know that adults keep it. So that's, quadrupled our number it's it's very similar to how we used to s subjugate certain groups of people lgbtqia plus being the sort of the example that most makes sense to me is we used to subjugate them so they'd hide mm -hmm. so we thought that we society because yeah. not me society <laughs> thought that being gay was an abomination so people hid that away. So then society's number says that one in 400 people could be gay. Right. When in reality, it's closer to 50%, right? right? Or some variation of queerness. It's about right. 50%. Because we started talking about it in a positive way. We started welcoming those people out into the world and saying, you don't get to harm them anymore. Right. We believe that they get to live how they live. And now the number is huge. Right. It's that. It's that idea of we pretended that we knew enough about ADHD. Mm -hmm. So because we told you that only little boys could have it, if you were an adult or a woman, nobody spoke about it. Now people talk, the number is so much bigger because again, we were working from hidden logic, faulty logic. We crushed anyone who thought differently. I'm, you know, I'm an adult woman. I think I have ADHD. No, because only little boys get ADHD. So you right. crush 
all of that down and now your statistics are completely flawed right so now it looks like there's so many people with idiots like we always had it guys it's just now we're telling you that we had it right yeah you can't you can't hide us anymore <laughs> exactly yeah all right this oh this one this one might make you angry too hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these are going to make us angry um adhd is caused by poor parenting oh god no fuck off <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a feeling that was coming and honestly if you said childhood trauma or ptsd was created by bad parenting there's plenty of evidence of that adhd is not something you um it's not something you get infected by you were born with it parenting had nothing to do with it genetics causes adhd Right. Bad parenting. Don't get me wrong. You can exacerbate neurodivergent pain Absolutely. With, with trauma, but you can exacerbate neurotypical pain with trauma too. Right. So no, it, the short answer is no. Bad parenting doesn't cause it, just like good parenting doesn't prevent it. All right. This one we talked about a little bit in episode two. Um, ADHD medication is a cure to your ADHD. Unfortunately, there is no current proven cure to a thing you are born with in neurodivergent terms. Um, unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess, uh, there is no cure for ADHD or autism or bipolar disorder. There are very powerful management tools. Um, there are very powerful coping mechanisms that are healthy. Um, you can treat the the severity of traits with certain medications definitely um but you are not diseased you are not broken you are not a freak you do not need to be cured of anything if you struggle with traits and symptoms there are management tools there are medications that will help make you stronger i guess in those areas but there is no cure because it's not something that needs to be cured. Right. Um, I like that. So yeah. I like that explanation. That was really good. Um, <laughs> ADHD affects only academic performance. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny one, isn't it? All I can think is, really? Really? <laughs> Are you sure? Um, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't just affect academic performance. Emotional dysregulation, guys, come on. It can affect relationships. It can affect um, normal functioning. N never mind academic. I, I struggle to put on my fucking laundry. Like, yep. it can affect everything. Yes, it does affect academic performance. It doesn't only affect academic right. performance. <laughs> All right. Only a couple left. We're actually hammering through these pretty quickly. Um, the next one would be... Um, Actually, that one's kind of dumb. Um, everyone with ADHD is hyperactive. That's a good one. This one's going to be a gray area. Mm -hmm. Officially, yes. But how that manifests is uh, not the cliche. Right. So we all thought hyperactivity was, you know, Speedy Gonzalez from the old uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, super fast, bouncing off the walls, very excitable, very chatty. Um, 
officially there is no such thing as ADD anymore. It was always ADHD. The hyperactivity has always been a factor. Yeah. Um, but it is not always physical hyperactivity. It's it's very often mental hyperactivity, which we we sort of call inattentive sometimes as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, essentially, uh, all ADHDers have hyperactivity. It's just how that manifests uh, may not be as uh, visual as we believe it to be. And um, it changes a yeah. lot as you grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because exactly. when I was a kid, I was way super hyper hyperactive physically and mentally. And now as, a, as an adult, people kind of look at me and go, yeah, you don't have ADHD. You're not bouncing all over the walls. It's like, yeah, it's not always you know, a physical hyperactivity reaction. Although I will say that sometimes out of sheer random, you know, thing, uh, I randomly get a surge of energy and then I decide I want to clean my house because I yeah. all of a sudden have, you know, this burst of energy and I'm like, oh, I can use this to clean my house a little bit. And then we get distracted. And so a lot of people's, a lot of people have, have sort of reached out to me and spoken to me and said that they're, their diagnosis was written off because they didn't manifest hyperactivity the way that we expect it to be manifested. And that's a thing that needs to change mm -hmm. because the hyperactivity is internalized for a lot of us. My brain is constantly hyperactive. My body just can't manifest that energy all the time. But that doesn't take away from the reality that I have ADHD. And if we write off an entire diagnosis because you don't manifest based on this crayon picture that we put up <laughs> in the 80s, Yep. That that's that's shitty to write people off for that one thing. So if you are having trouble getting diagnosed because they don't believe you're hyperactive, I think whoever is trying to diagnose you needs to do some research. Yeah, and I think um based on my own personal research as well, that is way different for women. Yeah. It doesn't like manifest women in the same don't way. Manifest that hyperactivity as much. And they still can, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like in a lot of cases for women, they don't have the hyperactivity. They have more the distractibility. Which, stuff. again, is, is based more in the societal pressure to mask harder. Right. Because women are ex have expectations put upon them that men have never had to put upon them. And it's, it, it's that difference that needs to be addressed as well. Is like, like, I was a very hyperactive young kid, but my sister wasn't. Because again, you look at societal pressures, she probably had hyperactivity, but had shame placed upon her because she's a woman and she has to react a certain way, which thankfully is starting to become a thing that changes. And that's good because it was always bullshit, yes. but now it's being seen for the bullshit that it is. But there's that element to take into account as well, because we are not that far removed as people from what, 30 years ago? Exactly. And while the pressures are lifting, they are not lifting fast enough, nor to the severity they need to lift. So that is an element that needs to be taken to, into account and said out loud is like, yes, women are just as capable of hyperactivity as men. But there are variables that need to be taken into account. We are not we don't live in a vacuum. You know, you, you can't just you can't just say, well, you're a woman and you're not hyperactive. So you can't have ADHD. Like, no, 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 no. no. Probably those two things need to be considered. You're a woman. You're not displaying hyperactivity, so let's look at other right. symptoms. That's really something that I think, if there's one thing that we could give the world, would be like, we we need to stop focusing just on 
that hyperactivity and focus on all of the other symptoms that somebody might be having. And I'm not just saying even just women. I'm saying Mm. in general as a people. You know, when you're being diagnosed, we need to look at more than just the hyperactivity. We need to look at the distractibility, the memory, all of these other things that come into play when somebody has ADHD that, you know, even to the extent of ADHD, where we have some autistic traits that may be showing as well, right? Like those are all things that need to come into play when doing a diagnosis to diagnose you properly, not just ADHD, but maybe you are ADHD as well, right? You have, you know, a, a permutation where you have a couple extra, you know, potential symptoms that you might have. Um, And our last one. So let's wrap up. Well, let me, let me, let me jump in here. You, you passed over a question and called it dumb. Yes. What was that question? Uh, Let's see. Let me go back. Oh, uh, is 80, the myth is ADHD is a new modern condition. That's not dumb, but I feel like we kind of answered a lot of that already. But no, it's not new and modern. Do you know that ADHD in its term was first coined in in 1780-something? Yeah, in my research, I had determined or I had found that it was like way older than I thought it was. Well, we display some some very clear survival mechanisms that would have been very prevalent back in the we we haven't invented electricity yet days, you know? Right. Like... It's not, there's nothing new about it. It's, but then it's the same with a lot of the stuff we've covered that is sort of other marginalized communities that we talk about, that we care about. The the same thing would have been said about them. This is new. No, it isn't. This has been going (laughs) since ancient ancient Greece, guys. Like since before ancient Greece, we know, right? It's the same with ADHD. We're starting to look back and go, like for me, you know, the Wright brothers who invented. Mm Definitely ADHD. Couldn't possibly have been invented by a neurotypical. Come on now. Who would have taken that risk? ADHD is yeah, not Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you're, you're impulsively, oh, I'm going to strap this to me and I'm going to jump off this cliff and see yeah. if I can fly. 100%. And the, the, the first ever flight and the Apollo 11 missions are 66 years apart. That's what neurodivergence can do for human society. 60 years we went from we can't fly at all to look, we landed on the moon. <laughs> that's insane. That is. That's neurodivergence, right? There's no way the Wright brothers were neurotypical. I do not believe it. Them and whoever invented the flamethrower. <laughs> no, no sensible, responsible human being invented something that shoots fire. No yeah, one. That's true. Somebody was like... Well, this would be very risky, but let's try and shoot fire. Yeah. <laughs> Dragons are cool. Let's see if we can do it too. All right. That's awesome. Uh, okay. So the last question is... Oh, you're really not going to like me for this one. <laughs> ADHD isn't a real medical condition. See, if you had brought that up, six weeks ago i'd have gotten mad but now it's very simple there you can you can look it up you can google it there have been brain scans of people with adhd uh they brain scanned somebody when they were bored and when they were hyper focused they brain scanned somebody when they were having task paralysis and they brain scanned somebody when they were fine like feeling good right Mm. it is 
there is provable scientific data to show that it is not only real, it is measurable. Um, I, I understand theoretically why human beings are so reticent to change. You know, I got a little bit of autism in me. I struggle with change sometimes too, right? But, um, and that was just me being glib. I understand that you can't have a little bit of autism. It's you have autism or you don't. I understand that. I'm just being, um, but while I understand the human aversion to change to a degree, some things are true, whether you believe them or not. And science has consistently, for the most part, proven itself with data. It can be seen. You can literally MRI a, a, a human being and see ADHD happening in their brain. So yes, the ADHD isn't real is a frustrating concept, but yes, it is. ADHD is real, autism is real, bipolar disorder is real. Um, we know this, we have seen it, we have proven it. There are um, things that happen inside the human brain that we can see happening and only happen in a neurodivergent brain. Uh, so obviously this one is, is, is a myth. We know that ADHD is real. We have known for some time. We've just not been very vocal about it for some time. Um, but even this is the other thing is people, it goes back to that thing of like people saying it's, it's overdiagnosed or it's a fad. Who, who gets hurt by that? As in, if let, let, let's, let's, let's go down a theoretical rabbit hole here. If right. you were faking Drew, mm -hmm. if you were faking ADHD, if you were convincingly portraying yourself as someone with ADHD or attention, I guess, who is physically harmed or psychologically harmed by that? Who gets hurt? Right? If you were mm -hmm. faking the amount of effort you would have to put in to fake ADHD, the amount of stuff you would not get done <laughs> faking ADHD, you would be harmed by that. Yeah, you'd get your attention. I'm sure you'd feel very good about that, but you wouldn't feel as good as an ADHD or getting dopamine for the first time. I can promise you. But yeah. um, the idea that we would fake something that at times can be this debilitating, the amount of effort required to fake this would actually be harder than the amount of effort it takes us who function with this every yep. day. And that's the thing is like people say, well, you know, it's not real. Why do you keep labeling yourself? You're like, first of all, it's called a diagnosis. I didn't label shit. Right. A doctor told me. <laughs> um, and second of all, do you have any idea, like on the bad days, do you have any idea how hard it is to live like this? Like who would want this? Who would want to pretend that they have this? Yeah. And honestly, we know from multiple studies, but from our own experience, if somebody were faking it, we would be able to tell. Maybe oh, the neurotypicals sure. in that situation wouldn't, but neurodivergence and let's face it, most neurotypicals would be able to tell the difference. They would look at that person and go, that's bullshit. You're making that up. It is so difficult to convincingly fake this. Yep, you know, the, good. um, it, it feels like a tangent, but it, 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 it makes sense in my mind. Um, do you remember a while ago, uh, some people got upset 
rightly so, because um, Jared Leto portrayed a trans woman in uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Yes. And obviously Jared Leto is not a trans woman, right? Correct. And now, I, at the time, I don't know any better, right? So my assumption is that this is this is as accurate a representation as he could manage. But many trans people were saying that actually misses a whole lot of sort of elements of being trans that he just wouldn't understand. Imagine if, <laughs> imagine if I don't know, uh, Denzel Washington tried to portray uh, an autistic, like a like a real autistic, yeah. a real ADHD on TV. How quickly would we see through that? Oh, like right away. Like, don't get me wrong. He's one of the greatest actors who ever walked the earth. But there are certain things about neurodivergence you simply cannot fake. Yeah. It is, you have to be neurodivergent or not. Because it, some of the really ugly parts of this, you can only tell because you know them. Right. I don't think you could portray them unless you, you were literally in that moment. Task paralysis is the worst one. I don't think anybody could really show how difficult it is to function while your brain is telling you to not do anything, but also do everything right now, but tomorrow, but right now. I've actually done a little bit of, well, no, I don't, I wouldn't consider it research, but I did a little bit of digging around for myself. And I actually recorded myself one time when I was struggling with, task paralysis and i didn't even know like how my body was reacting until i watched the video after it was shocking the the amount of distress i could see on my face that i didn't know i was like displaying outwardly i thought that was just all in my head and when i watched that video i was i was actually shocked and brought almost brought to tears because i was like i struggled so hard for those like for that like hour and a half where I was like completely immobilized and couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Like I was literally on the couch staring. I wasn't even the TV wasn't even on. I was staring at the TV blankly, trying to process in my head and trying to tell my brain to knock it the fuck off and let me do the laundry. That's all yep. it was. It was a simple task. Go do the laundry. And I couldn't even bring myself to do that. Like that is ADHD paralysis at its finest right there. Like that there are was, some, of, some of my videos that I, I can't watch back because while the comments are like, thanks so much, this is super helpful, Lord, this, you know, this is really eye-opening. I'm looking at, at me and I'm seeing a lot more going on than the people who are watching the video. And I, all I see is pain. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't, I can't watch this. I need to move well, on. And I told you personally when I watched your first video that you ever posted. Yes, I, I, I can't watch that video. I when quite I have literally, to look at the comments, yeah, I have to pause the video to look mm -hmm. at the comments. I can't listen to myself talk in that video because that video was just like just as things were starting to improve, there was still so much pain, and I, I'm watching a guy who can barely get the words out. Yeah, and I'm I a could... talker. Like that's what I do. But right, I'm... exactly. But like I could I... see all of it. Like it was, it was eye opening to me to be like, holy shit, I can picture myself in you as you're talking about it and going like, yeah, that was me. Like, you know, almost, well, even as, as a young adult, I was still struggling with a lot of things, but I, I was living through ADHD and I was okay. But yeah, 
as work has become more demanding and as life and relationships have become, you know, more important, it, it puts that added stress on your mind and it puts that added, like, just, I call it weight. It's not, not like a relationship is, is really weight, but you know, it, it just put, it puts that extra pressure on you when you're feeling the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. in certain times. And you're like, do I really deserve all this stuff? Like, do I deserve to do this and that and the other thing? Or, you know, you're, you've become paralyzed by the thought yeah. of something, right? Like, it's just one of those things where I, I struggled a lot with that. But starting uh, a routine, which we'll talk about in another episode, but setting up a routine like I have, I, I have curbed and suppressed a lot of my yeah. symptoms like a lot i am able to actively do dishes every single day because i put it in a routine yeah it's that simple yes you have adhd paralysis and yes it can happen the day that it happens don't punish yourself for it yeah, move exactly. on with your day yeah. right do something else or don't do something else that day but just push through and yeah. that actually happened to me last week. Like I said, I've been doing this for a month. It happened to me last week where there was one day where I said, in my head, I was like, I want to do the dishes. I want to get up and do the dishes and clean everything up and all this other stuff. And my body was like, no, sorry, you're not doing that today. So that day I didn't. And I adopted something that I don't normally do, and it was forgiveness. I forgave myself for not doing it and moved on to the next day and did double the work the next day because I felt like I had the energy to do it. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you just have to give yourself a little bit of credit. And I know that sometimes you feel like you're not good enough and that you are useless and that, you know, things are always going to be a struggle. I promise you that's not the case. Greg and I can both tell you that we've, I'm sure we've both had those days, but yeah. you can definitely push through it. Thing is, you got to be good to yourself and you got to love yourself because at the end of the day, no matter how many people you have around you, no matter how long your relationships last, the only person who can hear the voice inside your head is you. And yep. if that voice is horrible, functioning becomes almost impossible at times. But if that voice starts to forgive if that voice starts to love and see the goodness that you achieve every day or if that voice just hugs you a little bit yeah then your life will become easier and better but but that's the skill that i mean i'm still learning it the imposter voice in my head is horrific Mm -hmm. but the more i teach it to actually care about me the happier i get because like my wife loves me to the ends of the earth and she is a wonderful human being but can she hear the the words inside my head? No, I can. I'm mm-hmm. stuck with me and I will be stuck with me for the rest of my life. And it's that it's, it's learning to forgive yourself. I think the imposter voice, I like to think of it as all the dismissive, horrible shit people said to you throughout your life. Yep. And it manifested as this voice that tells you that you're not good enough. What? There's no goal there. What is that voice hoping to achieve? Because if you end up doing nothing, that voice doesn't win anything. Right. It doesn't benefit. That voice is you. It, it's it's the damage to you, but it's you. Yeah. If you can teach that voice to love itself, 
to love you more, you'll feel much, much better because you're stuck with you. That's how yeah. that works. Well, let's leave the episode like that. Honestly, I think that's very powerful. And I think that a lot of people need to hear that. So if you're listening to this and you're still really struggling, guys, I can't emphasize this enough that go and watch Greg's videos, come and watch mine. Um, you know, we're, we're going to discuss this until we can't discuss it anymore. So all the subjects and all the things that you could possibly think of in your head as stupid or dismissed or, you know, just not, it's not ADHD. It's just me. Please watch the videos and understand that you are not the only one feeling these things. And we are here to help you. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here, Greg. Um, I look forward to seeing you on the show again soon. But uh, I, I really appreciate you being so open and honest through these episodes. And I hope that just these couple episodes can really help somebody that's that's having trouble. Oh, you guys ain't getting rid of me. I'll be back. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for another wonderful episode of Mind Mastery Education. Have yourselves a great night.